Welcome to the Dr. Christian Heim podcast, where we're living for preventative mental health, love and compassion. I'm so happy you joined us. I'm Caroline Heim, and today we're continuing our series taken directly from the monthly live Q&As that Dr. Heim does on the iHealth Radio channel in New York with host Hurricane H. Now, today we have a special long episode about the very important topic of transgender issues. And look, I don't know about you, but I get so confused about how to negotiate the debates about transgender issues and also some of the really sticky definitions. Fortunately, Dr. Heim addresses a lot of these and puts them in simple language from a psychiatrist's perspective. So he covers a lot in this episode. He starts off talking about the difference between sex and gender, a history of the very first transgender operation, and reconciling religion and transgender issues. And then he tackles the controversials of whether transgender issues are a psychiatric problem and gives a very clear explanation of what transgender dysphoria is and why this is such a hot debate in society at the moment. He finishes off with some really great practicals about how families can deal with children that say they want to transition and how we can all work towards acceptance. Take a deep breath. Here we go. Firstly, thanks very much, Hurricane, for having this on your show. It's actually very brave of you because it's a hot topic and a lot of people can find themselves getting offended by some of the things that get said for or against or either sides or good grief. It's a bit strange that we're talking about sides in the first place. How did we get there? Because if we were talking about broken arms or heart attacks or appendicitis, we wouldn't be talking about sides. But for some reason, this has become a sides. And so I want to explain how we got there. Uh, Firstly, whenever we talk about transgender issues, we're actually talking about real people. We're talking about real people, their identities, their feelings. So it's a bit like Hurricane having your sex life, your religious life, and all your personal life spoken about in society for everybody's opinion. Mm -hmm. So that that takes a bit of sensitivity in the first place. Uh, And the second thing is we're not here just for curiosity. It's not just because uh, these things are just outside of our everyday experience that we're curious and we just want to know. We actually need to have a bit more empathy and compassion than that because we are talking about people's identity and people's gender and sexual identifications. Mm -hmm. And all of us are really quite precious about our gender, about our sexual expressions and our identities. So who we are. So the difference between this and let's say a broken arm is that this goes beyond just something of the body. It goes into somebody's identity. And because of that, uh, we need to be quite sensitive. Now, the other question that I wanted to ask is, how did we get to there being sides? Well, there's a little equation that's called risk equals the hazard plus the outrage. So in other words, because we are now talking about questions like what is normal, what we're allowed to say or not, and because this is beginning to involve our children, We have this moral outrage, sort of like, don't touch our kids. We want to take care of our kids. But then on the other side is, my kid needs some good care, all right? Mm -hmm. So how do you balance those things? And the thing is that we try to separate all these things out so it's not an us against them. It's science, medicine, and a way forward for the best outcome for all people. 
so that's just a bit of background that I wanted to put in there, Hurricane, so that we can have a context, so we can talk about these things in a compassionate way. Well, thank you, Doctor. Uh, I mean, I I appreciate it because again, you said it. It is it is a you know I had to to think about you know whether it's a good content that we want to share, a resource you know, or at least information. But but I do feel the value because. I mean, my kids, you know, are curious. People's, you know, uh, families are curious. And there's a lot of stuff. It's, it is taboo to a degree in a lot of, you know, uh, realms and a lot of homes. Uh, yeah. And some culture is almost, you know, not, not heard of. And so there's a lot of things. And we live in the Western world. So it is a mixture of religious faiths and, 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 and beliefs, some conservative, you know, some not. And, and so it is, it is very sensitive. And thank you for breaking that. I mean, yes, it is part of identity. And we can understand that. And we can debate the concept of behind it, if you want. I mean, we can just, you know, highlight that just to uh, yeah. I guess, convey that. But the fact is, you're right. I mean, at least we have an opportunity to hear it from a your perspective, a psychology, uh, you know, master <laughs> and psychiatrist. You understand, you know, the way we we frame things, the way we work as as humans, uh, and that could just put us in the context of of where we are today. So, yeah, yeah, okay. And uh, Hurricane, you brought up the different cultures, how these things are culturally informed, and how it um, uh, religions have something to say about this as well. So I want to make one really big distinction that we do carry in medicine, and that is the difference between sex and gender. And uh, I know there are a lot of people looking to break down that distinction, but scientifically, we still keep that distinction. So the distinction is basically this. Sex is the biological expression of a male having an XY chromosome and females having XX chromosomes whereas gender is the culturally informed societal expression. Some people like to say it's a social construct. So it is how sex gets expressed in a certain society as far as gender is concerned. Now, that distinction that I just made, that comes from the World Health Organization. So it's nothing that I'm making up. It's something that is recognized that this is the way things are at the moment, and that's the best way for us to move forward in society. Now, on top of that, there's one other thing, and this is gender identity. So that each individual, each person can see if they actually identify with the gender that is socially constructed. All right. So we're getting a bit complex here. We're talking about the science, the biology of male and female, which is in every one of our cells of our body. Then we get to gender which is how that is expressed in society and the different roles that we take on as far as masculine or feminine or anything in between is concerned. And then we get to gender identity, which has to do with each individual. How much of a male do you feel like? How much of a female do you feel like? And that has to do with identity. And so that goes into the subjective realm, whereas sex is very objective. Thank you, Doctor, for at least breaking down, you know, the scientific, you know, version of it. Because to your point, I mean, we all, I mean, I would say personally, and I'm sure people are watching and listening right now, we've always kind of put those together, right? The sex and yeah. gender was one. So male yeah. is, you know, is male, female is female. To your point, chromosomes X Y is male, X X is is, uh, you know, uh, female. And yeah, there right. are there are scientifically cases where there were X Y Y and X, you know, double double yes, X. Yeah, you know, so there are some, some exceptions to that, you know, biologically, but but you're right, that's been the, the tradition, or at least the understanding. And we've 
I don't know if a lot of people probably watching right now, this is the first time they're going to see that there's a distinction between sex and gender in clear. I mean, as, yeah. a, as a definition. Yeah. And, that, and that's actually a first step, at least to understanding where, you know, this is going and how it is being, uh, I guess, uh, presented in the world right now. Yes, yes. And, and that's an important distinction to make because one of the definitions of science, uh, the word science just means knowledge, mm -hmm. but it is knowledge that we can all agree on. Uh, like you, you will notice that uh, one of the purest sciences we have, in a sense, is mathematics, because th there aren't debates out there on social media about whether 15 and 3 equals 18. You won't get those sort of debates. You will get these debates because we're moving away from what we know as factual science towards gender expressions and gender identity. And we, when it comes to your identity, Hurricane, and my identity, all of a sudden we're in a subjective world uh, because this is the strange thing about how we all perceive life. Our brains actually construct a subjective view of what we all hope is objective reality. And that's why some of the opinions in this area become so passionate because uh, we're no longer arguing on what objective reality is. We're already moving into this area of subjectivity because all of our identities are subjective. And yet there is room in this wonderful wide world for all of our identities. Thank you, Doc. Uh, so let's, let's break that down. I mean, I think some of the things that I can think of and some questions, and I know I have, I have a few questions, that, uh, yeah. but, but before we get to the questions, one of the things that I was just wondering about is that centuries, right, have passed, yeah. uh, you know, human mankind has been around, and this is a today kind of concept, right? It's not yeah. something that we've seen or heard in history. I mean, we've heard about other things in history, but, yeah. but you know, not, not when someone is identifying themselves differently from what their sex, you know, is. And, and, and so therefore culturally, ethically, uh, religiously, you know, society wise, that's always been identities were always there. I mean, people always identify as who they were, uh, you know, through religion, through other things, even through political stuff. But this is the first time that this debate is happening and it's becoming part of th the reality of things, right? So okay. why why this didn't happen before, or at least we don't know of it historically, or maybe there is, I, I'm not sure. Okay, okay. so I'll, I'll refine all of that uh, just for a moment at the uh, uh, hurricane. So uh, it's not that there weren't these expressions, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, the science of the situation is that there has always been people who have been uncomfortable with the male-female binary system, right? But there's a number of things that have happened in the last 100 years that have meant we can now listen to that more because we now have choice. In our society in particular, we actually have the medical technology to facilitate somebody transitioning from male to female or female to male. And that's only been around not even 100 years. So anybody in a society before that, if they felt that they didn't identify with the social constructs, there was nothing they could do about it, right? Because we didn't have the technology. Whereas now we have the technology. And that's actually an important ingredient as to this debate. One of the reasons that we're debating this so much is because we have the technology and we now have the technology to do it on a much larger scale. And that is one of the things that people are objecting to. Why all of a sudden do we have all these people that want to transition? 
Hurricane, as far as I know, the first transgender surgery was done in Berlin in 1930. And this was somebody who was in a male body who believed themselves to be female and really wanted to express themselves as a female. And so they lived as a female before the surgery and lived for a while as a female after the surgery. Unfortunately, they died of complications from the surgery. And you see, we live in an age where we don't have these complications to the extent that we did, but we still have risk, which is why we don't want to do surgery on everybody, all right? We want to select the people who will benefit by it, and we don't want to select the people who will, who will not be served well by it, which is why we still need to trust a medical establishment to make those decisions that, okay, if you feel that you do not identify with the sex that you were born or, as people say, assigned at birth, mm -hmm. then let's go through a period where we talk about that. We see if transitioning is the right thing for you. So one of the big debates at the moment is, should we be transitioning a whole lot of people or should we put the brakes on and say, hold it, hold it, this is all too much? Mm -hmm. And that's where people's beliefs start to inform and shade the medical science okay <laughs> i mean that's interesting but i didn't think about it from that angle that there is i mean obviously the surgeries and things that are in place right now are somewhat sophisticated and you, you thank you for sharing you know the the history like at least the first yeah. case you know that's dating back almost uh, a century ago right. and 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 but but you know the the science is there. You're right. I mean, any surgery can be difficult and can be, you yes. know, uh, life-threatening. I mean, uh, anybody yes. that goes under the, the the knife and anesthesia, there's a good chance. There's always a waiver that you have to sign, <laughs> whether you're going to make it or not. Yeah. Uh, but, but in this case, you know, some people would probably not want to go through the, the experience, even if they might have identified differently. Uh, some some people would just want to test it out and just be like, you know what, I want to be who I feel I am. And that's that's what it is. Yeah. But let's talk about, you talked about subjectivity, right? And and, and now yeah. uh, there are a little over 7 billion people on this, this planet right now. And um, yeah. this is a very, very small percentage of, of at least that we know of, right? Uh, yes. Globally. So, so th that's, I think that's where the main challenge is. Science is here. Uh, there is, a, a, I guess, a challenge of identity for some folks, and they feel that this is how they feel about it. And then they now that they have the science to support it, they're willing to take the next step. But then it's still not acceptable across the globe the way, I right, guess. That's true. That's right. So, so most people may think, you know, and again, this is where I think your expertise is very important, is that the average person will say, well, there's something wrong with this person, right? And, and I know I'm not claiming that there's something wrong, but People can state that these these are statements that are very out there. That you know, why would someone want to change nature or how they literally you know were created? Especially when yes. when talk to religion, it's a whole different world, right? And yes. so, how do we address that? I mean, that that's the I think that's the biggest question that I think on, on on the table here because the majority of people still are not, I guess, comfortable with this the subject. And again, thus enhance the the idea that this is a very sensitive topic. Yes, and and really, um, you know, a lot of folks would probably point the finger and say, "Well, that is your choice. You don't feel like you know this is how you're supposed to." But now it's becoming a burden, 
let's say, or it's yes. becoming a law, and now I yes. have to be subjected to it. So, so it becomes a very difficult task. I, and I know this is a tough question, but yes. but you know, from the psychological you know aspect of it, how do we you know kind of clear that for for the masses, if you want? Okay, okay. So there's a lot in what you just said there, Hurricane. And so I've got to just pull it apart little by little. Okay. Please. First of all, I, I, I need to explain the, the, amazing, the amazing influence that the internet has had on all of our lives, all right? And the amazing influence that it's had on science and the way that we think and the way that we're able to express ourselves. Because before the internet, science, and I'll, I'll stick to medical science, thought that it had all the answers. And the relevance of that is that through the internet and through social media, we become much more aware of the exceptional cases rather than the norm, okay? And, uh, and this is just straight science. So we are in this area when it comes to gender identity, where it's not enough to say that the majority of people feel very comfortable with their gender and their sex, their biological sex. Therefore, there's something wrong with you. Right, because that's yeah. actually what we're saying, and this is why it becomes political, because mm -hmm. this is what was the prevailing idea during the age of colonization, that we people have all the right answers, and uh, you minority people have to listen to us. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we're now turning that all around, and I'm hoping that we're going to end up with a more equality-based world where there is more room for everybody so in this area where there's more room for everybody it means that there is more room for people to say you know what i don't quite feel at peace with my assigned gender role right mm -hmm. so we're able to listen to that more and again coming back to medicine if that involves suffering then the essence of what i do is to alleviate suffering and so since the 1930s when that first gender reassignment surgery or gender affirming surgery was done, we have had developments in not only surgery, but also endocrinology, which is hormones. So we're able now to give people hormones to facilitate their feelings so that they do not suffer. And that has developed to such an extent now to the point where it is so available that we're able to do this for a whole lot of people. But the ethical question becomes, where do we draw the line? Where do we say that this person should have treatment, this person should not have treatment? And the, getting back to your question, the uh, challenge for cultures and for religious institutions is to make room, to broaden, to be a bit more open. And to do that, we need to come down to our humanity. We are all human beings. We're all trying to get through this together. One life experience is as good as another life experience, and we want to be able to help each other. And ideally, medical science does that. So thank you, doctor. Well, well so, so since in the same realm, um, the, the concept, like mentioned religion, right? Uh, yeah. uh, and and I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. So so again, talking about seven plus billion people, the majority yeah. of those folks have a one of the main I guess denominations or or religious beliefs, uh, and and a lot of those come with with divine 
I guess, scriptures. Yes. And, and, and those scriptures have specific rules, and some of them are very clear even about the gender and, and I guess, uh, the sex and, uh, you know, uh, sexuality and all that stuff, right? So, yes. so how, I mean, and, and people, faith is very, uh, how can I say, restrictive in a way, and also it's the rules are the rules, and people are very attached to it. Uh, yes. And when they are, they're very, you, they can turn to be extreme as well. And yes. so, so, so even in, if you have some, some more of uh, flexible folks within that religious, you know, realm, the majority yes. can still be on the extreme side when it comes to being, I mean, we have debates about abortion. We have debates yes. about, you know, many other subjects, uh, drugs, uh, I mean, in, in beheading, yes. for example, or an eye for an eye decisions, like, you know, in some of the, the, the religious and, you know, uh, I guess uh, uh, rulings, but 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 in this case here there is a debate about it because it's because in the religious aspects, so whether you take uh, Judaism, Islam, or or uh, Christianity as which is the largest, you know, in depending what group, I mean, some folks are very extreme about it and it's not acceptable. Some folks are not. So I know we're not going to change that, and obviously during this this discussion here, we're not we, we have no capabilities to really have any input to it. But from its psychology, now we have. The, the, the decrees or divine rulings, right? Yes. And people apply those for society. And and I, I still believe faith is, is important, right? I mean, you have yes. to have, without faith, we have no, you know, we'll have social decline, right? Yes. And and so we have all those things, but but that that's where it gets a little dicey. It's yes. a little difficult because now, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay, all right, good. All right. Now, I, I, I just want to say, Hurricane, that in a way you're asking me to answer one of the biggest questions in all of, humanity at the moment okay but <laughs> sorry no, about that no 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 I, I i don't mind hurricane because there is a way forward there's a framework of thinking about this so you're asking how can we reconcile a religious point of view and a scientific point of view all right and uh this is actually really important because all of us have to do that mm -hmm. so firstly um the framework that i want to put forward is that religion and science are not at odds with each other Firstly, they pertain to different worlds altogether. Science, by definition, has nothing to say outside this world, outside what we can see and measure. That's what science is actually on about, okay? Uh, as soon as a scientist even says, I am an atheist, uh, that, that already is a statement of belief. That's not a statement of science. Because, as you know, there are plenty of scientists that are Muslim, Christian, Jewish, atheists, agnostic, whatever. They cover two different realms. When we're talking about religion, and the word religion means uh, religate, a binding back to God. So, first of all, all religions assume that God exists. And so that our world is in this context of a greater context with God. So, religion is a way of understanding the world outside of this world, okay? Now, I, I know that the two have to coexist in each of our lives and depending on each of our uh, religious viewpoints, including atheism, we have a point of view about that. But this is why I stick to science, Hurricane, because science is the knowledge about what we can all agree on, right? Fair. And I, I, I talked about mathematics, you know, how we can all agree on that. We can all agree that the sun rises in the east, okay? Here, when it comes to gender dysphoria, uh, we're in an area where not everybody agrees. And indeed, there is ambiguity in the science, and that's one of the problems with this particular area. The scientists do not have it worked out. 
And yet, this looks as though it threatens each person's worldview. And each religion that you mentioned is a particular worldview. But the framework that I want to put out to people there is that it doesn't. Because science and a religious worldview actually talk about two separate things. And uh, that's the framework that I've encouraged people to have because that way we can stay in dialogue about the science while respecting each other's religious and cultural values. Well, thank you, Doctor. I know you, yeah, it is. It is. A, it, we're probably going to hear this for 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 years to come, and and eventually right. it's, it's going to get to that point. But but again, it, it is still you know um, uh, a challenging question, and I know it's it's. But I love the way you did it. You, you separate them, and you kind of like look at them. From that angle, it's a lot easier. And then everybody is going to deal with it on their own way based on their level of faith and the level of science. And and by the way, uh, to your point, I mean, science and religion can, you know, coexist. I mean, they've coexisted and, and a lot of religious, you know, beliefs do have science embedded in them. Um, so again, maybe someone oh, would oh. disagree. <laughs> but, oh, no, not at all. Hurricane, in the department that I'm working in at the moment, there must be five or six different religious worldviews. What keeps us together is the science of psychiatry. And that's, that's where we are there. We are there to serve people who have needs in this particular area. Um, and that's what binds us together. Thank you. So, so doctor, now let, let's deep dive. I mean, I think we talked a little bit about the society and, and just the, the objectivity, subjectivity of this and, and the opinionated stuff. But now yeah. let's talk about the, the roots of this. I mean, yeah. someone wakes up, you know, they don't just immediately think that they're different. Or is that even a case? Is that possible? Because uh, people say like, well, sometimes, you know, does someone start from birth or like the minute they start, you know, realizing who they were as kids, they'll say, well, I don't see myself as a boy or a girl, you know, yeah. or is it something that materializes over time? Okay. Okay. That's a really good question, Hurricane. And to answer that, I'm going to go to one of the pioneers in uh in sexology and in transgender issues and his name is harry benjamin and harry benjamin put out a book that basically paved the way for our understanding of transgender issues in the 1960s and he was not a psychiatrist he was a doctor he was actually an endocrinologist so a, a hormone doctor and he served these people firstly in Europe, but then in the USA, that he saw, which were mainly, as he saw, women trapped inside a male body. That's the way he formulated it. And he spoke to a, a lot of these people for a long time and then helped them find a way forward. So he, in a way, put together the people who would put together the, uh, the hormones or put together the psychiatric assessment uh, and then put together the surgeons that could help these people achieve the kind of life that they needed to achieve. And look, he was a hero, Hurricane, because he worked firstly in New York, but then in San Francisco in the Tenderloin District, where a lot of down-and-out people were, and he was there to help them. And he helped a lot of people, and he kept in touch with them personally up until the day he died. So he had a vested interest in helping people. Now, here's a dilemma. What he saw is that, yes, people would, from a young age, feel that they were trapped inside the wrong body. And that's the concept that they used at the time. So by the time he got to speak to them in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, they had been feeling like this for a long, long time. 
and he could see that they were suffering for a long, long time. Now, I've actually got to talk about the role of psychiatry in this because in Harry Benjamin's day, the only role for a psychiatrist was to make sure that there wasn't any psychiatric illness here, that this was a purely medical problem because being transgender or wanting to transition is not a psychiatric problem. And that's something that I have to emphasize right now, okay? That people who are transgender, that people who want to transition, that in itself is not a psychiatric problem, right? So early on, psychiatrists used to make sure that there was no psychiatric problem there and then say to the surgeons, yep, this person's going to do fine. This will be great. Now, however, and I'm winding forward about 80 years, we have this diagnosis called gender dysphoria. And that is a psychiatric problem. It's not wanting to transition. It's not the transitioning itself. It's the dysphoria or the depression or the suicidality or the difficult feelings that can come because of that situation. So I've got to say that some people who transition don't have tra uh, dysphoria at all, but a lot of people do. And that's where psychiatry comes in. Does that clear things up, Hurricane? <laughs> well, yeah, to a degree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I, I, I thank you. I mean, it's clear you said it. This is not caused by, by psychiatrists or a psychiatry no. problem. It no. is it is more physical or just yes. pure biological, right? Yes. But but people will still question, like, well, why would someone want to change themselves? That you said, you know, the person is trapped in, in a different body. They think that, you know. I am male physically, but I don't think that, or I am female and I, don't, I think I'm, I'm more of a guy. Right? right. And so, so, so now that most people will, will probably qualify that as, as there's something in the mind, right. Or psychologically yeah. wrong. So you're stating that from, from a psychiatrist, you know, point of view, yeah. Yeah. that is not the case. It is, yeah. it is not coming from the mind that what comes from the mind is really to your point, suicidal thoughts and maybe other things, maybe depression and some other stuff. Uh, and so, so one has nothing to do with the other. So that's clear. Thank you for that. Uh, so, so in essence, someone that is young yes. uh, at early age can start identifying, you know, or at least behaving, you know, differently or being attracted to the opposite, you know, let's say gender right, or yes. sex for, for that matter, yes. for biological reasons. So I'm trying to get closer to the definitions here. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so, so we'll go through a few definitions, right? Yeah. Because okay. early on, the way that doctors saw uh, people who are transitioning was on a continuum from people who had same-sex attraction. So that was early on. Now we've progressed in that and we see the expression of sexuality, be it heterosexual or homosexual or something else, as distinct from somebody who wants to transition, right? It's going to get a complex hurricane, so, so hang on, all right? <laughs> I'm all right. So a male may want to transition to become a heterosexual female, but a male may want to transition to become a homosexual female. And same with a female may want to transition to become a homosexual male or to become a heterosexual male. Now, that gets very complex. But the take-home message right here is that sexuality and gender expression are separate okay so we can't 
and, and this is another thing that happens because of social media, we would all like to have nice little boxes that we can sort of have, oh, that's the answer, that's the answer. And already by talking to me, you're realizing that it's actually going to become more and more complex. And we haven't got to the controversial stuff yet, Hurricane, right? When we get there, it's going to get very complex, okay? Yes, and I've got to say, this is, this is a bit of the disadvantage of social media and the, and the internet. Because things that are very complex, all of a sudden, we as a general public, we want to understand. And we are actually talking about things that the scientists themselves do not yet understand. And yet we have a public that says, we want to understand this, package it for us so that we can understand. Not only that, so that our opinion counts. And when the first person had surgery to undergo uh, transition, there was so much that we didn't understand and there's still so much that we don't understand. So try to package that to people so that they understand becomes very, very difficult hurricane. Well, well, thank you, Doug. And, and you're right. I mean, uh, there's a couple of things. I mean, social media and, and the internet is is global, right? And uh, people have different opinions. And, and you have the scientific folks that actually are still debating, but you have people that may not have any knowledge, but because of yes. opinion or something, an article they read, they might just share That's information right. that may be valid or not valid. And therefore, it gets kind of almost misconstrued, you know, over... Uh, and, and basically, you know how it is. It just goes viral and, and that becomes the, the actual uh, science <laughs> because of, of one mis, mis, you know, conceived, you know, notion, right? And so that can be a problem. And, and we've seen that in COVID. We've seen that in a lot of other... Whether it's war, it doesn't matter. It gets yes. out of context and then everybody takes it based on their own. And by the time it gets to the, the, the one million folks, it's a whole different <laughs> concept in its own. Um, so, so doctor, I want to just go back to, so we, we've established, this is not a psychiatry, you know, problem, psychiatric problem for the folks that actually have. Well, yep. 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 But psychiatry is very heavily involved. Okay. Okay. okay yep. So, so let's put it that way. Yeah. No, 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 I get it. But, but we're talking that I was referring to the folks that actually have a transgender, you know, uh, I guess, identification, right? Or, yes. or gender classification or identification uh, realm. They, they want to change or they feel otherwise. But now yes. let's talk about the, the, the reverse, you know, impact on the psychology of the non folks, the folks that are, yes. that are not yes. seeing yes. eye to eye. Cause that's, okay, that's, yes. that's the majority, right? So that's, yes. that's a bigger, you know, issue right now. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. That's, that, that's a very good way of looking at it. Yep. What would you like to, where should we no, go about that? So how, how do we, you know, uh, is there, I mean, what's the impact that, that we, 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 that you're seeing in the field from folks that may not see eye to eye with this ideology? Okay, and okay, and okay. is there, is there a reaction to it that, that is maybe creating suicidal thought, maybe, you know, criminal yes. thoughts and, and other things? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's, that's a, that's an excellent question, Hurricane, because uh, now we get into why this is such a debate at the moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because the science is moving in this. I talked about the first uh, uh, surgery. Uh, I talked about when uh, hormones got brought in. And then when we talked about it being firstly gender identity disorder, and now we have what's called gender dysphoria. And that's what we talk about at the moment. And scientifically, I'm keeping apart being transgender and having mental health problems because the two are separate. Now, the science about of all of that is governed by what's called the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. And this is the peak body that puts out guidelines as to how doctors 
uh, should work with people with transgender issues. And I've got to say that their, their guidelines were in the eighth um, book of standards of care are very reasonable, right? But, okay, so let's say one of their things that they say is that uh, trans, uh, transitioning surgery should not be offered to people under the age of 17. And so what happens is people out in the public hear that and they go, I can't believe that they're going to do surgery like that to children. You can't do things like that because we get affronted with the ethics of a situation that has to do with a small amount of people, right, and their needs and their very specialised needs. And uh, scientists have dedicated their lives to trying to understand these people's needs and they still don't. So we as members of the public are not going to get there. And yet, somebody else will say, what, 17? What if you've got gender dysphoria or you want to transition before that, if you're 13, do you have to wait till you're 17? That's ridiculous. And so this world peak body has actually gotten flack from both sides of the conservative view and the progressive view for whatever they put out, right? So I want to bring this down to an element of trust, that because we live in an age where our trust is being eroded in people like peak bodies or scientists, we feel that we have to know ourselves. Whereas the way that we set up society is, is pretty damn good, actually. Uh, we try to get the best people into the right positions to work on the science so that we can move forward in the right way for everybody. And so in a sense, we need to trust the World Professional Association of Transgender Health to be able to move forward with the available science for the good of all humanity, quite frankly. And that's what it's trying to do. But you and I sometimes have to use the answer, I don't know all the things that are going on in this area. Because that's the reality of the situation. <laughs> it is. I mean, well, again, I mean, uh, we're here, we're trying to just highlight some of it, at least answer some of the questions to the degree that we understand and to the degree that the science has, you know, yes. cleared right now. So yes. so that leads us to, to the next question. Um, someone in a family, a member of a family, is is identifying uh, one way or the other, right? Or, yes. or, or thinking about a change or, or just, just feeling that, this is them. This is how they, they, they identify. Now, yes. what is what is the, that impact on, on that family and how can they possibly deal with that? I mean, I'm sure uh, some may be supportive, some may not be supportive, some may be shocked. I mean, we've 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 seen that just just not in the transgender transgender case. We've seen it in just homosexuality, for example. Someone, yes. you know, uh, is coming out and stating that, you know, I, I don't, I prefer to be with the same, you know, uh, yes. type of sex. And then it becomes a whole big deal in the family. Uh, yes. And we're not even talking about the religious concept here or stuff, just just the, 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 the immediate environment yes. and the impact. How, yeah. uh, what, what would you say to, to, to the people, I mean, just, just listen right now, one way or the okay. other, whether pro or, or, or against, but how to handle it? Okay, so Harrogate, this is another excellent question, okay, which brings up some really hard issues, right? But I'm going to talk about two things. I'm going to talk about love and I'm going to talk about identity, right? Because you said if somebody comes out or says that they, uh, they want to transition or that their identity 
it's like homosexuality having to come out, okay? Mm -hmm. Whatever, for the rest of the family, do not withdraw your love, right? Love is what each of us human beings need, no matter what identity we have, because somebody who has just declared that they identify as a different gender, uh, they've put themselves out on the line there to be accepted or rejected. And this is life-threatening, right? And so for people who are firstly affronted by that to sort of say, look, I don't understand what's going on, but I just want to let you know that I'm going to love you and I'm going to go on this journey with you because you're really important to me. So that's the first thing. The love is important and that's got to continue no matter what happens. However, as you said, this is difficult. This is not just about one person. This is about the whole family's identity, right? So firstly, it's got to do with the identity, let's say, of the parents. The parents think, oh, have we done something wrong, right? They haven't, but because it's an affront to their identity, because they thought we never thought that we would have somebody who is homosexual or who identifies with a different gender in our family. And that's got to do with their identity. So what I want to say is for all parents, brothers and sisters, and greater family, that it will affect your identity to have somebody close to you who has identified as different, it will affect your identity. So you will need to go on a journey, okay? Now, how to handle that practically is you're allowed to have emotional reactions. But remember that emotional reactions are just emotional reactions. Uh, a few hours or a few days after the emotional reaction, you've got to go, okay, what are we actually going to do? We're still going to love the person. I'm still me, my family's still my family. We've just got a new journey that we've got to go on. Let's do it, okay? I don't know where this is gonna take me. Some of this may hurt. Some of this may open up more love in me that I thought I never had, okay? I'm going to trust the doctors. I'm going to cling to my uh, religious tradition. I'm going to talk with the family and together, we got to get through this. Well, that's a lot. <laughs> well, you, you know, the reason I say that is because I, I, you can just imagine. I mean, uh, we've seen in movies and we've seen it in, in, in the news and stuff. People are always worried about what the neighbors are going to say, what the family yes. members, what the worker, the co the colleagues. Yes. You know, the the your, your the society is going to. You know, it's almost a stigma now. It's like, oh my God, you're the odd family, or you, yes. what what went wrong in that family. And also these people are going to start reacting to everything or at least be sensitive to everybody. I mean, yeah. it is a big issue, right? I mean, it's, yes. it's not, yes, you mentioned love. I mean, that should always be available and, and, and supportive, you know, uh, in the family. Uh, but then some people may also react like, well, you're causing a problem for the family. If let's say they are, I don't know, maybe yes. they have a very extreme belief. And now someone is literally just coming out of, you know, nowhere and, and, and shocking the family and they might even disown them. Right. I mean, we've heard those yeah. cases, you know, yeah. I don't want anything to do with you. Get out of my sight and, and so on yeah. and so forth, because they they are not prepared to face, you know, everybody else, because now they have to almost express and, and, and def, like defy the rules and, and, and really have to justify what's going on. It is a yeah. tough place, you know, so, it, so it, their psychology is going to be very affected. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. And you mentioned about how we need to save face in front of other people. What will the neighbors think? Or what will the people at church think? Or what will people at the synagogue or mosque, th mosque think? All right. 
Yes. And that becomes more, more difficult, right? However, I would argue, firstly, science is bigger than that. And I would argue that religion is bigger than that. This one issue is not going to take down all of science. It's not going to take down all of religion. It's not going to take down this family, right? So in a way, you've got to say, okay, we've got a few things to reconcile here. And at the moment, they're not being reconciled. So let's say practically people who have, let's say, a strong faith and uh, these sort of issues are a real affront to the faith. It's a real challenge to speak to somebody higher up in the faith, an elder or a, uh, a, a pastor or whoever is in charge to say, how do we handle this? What are we supposed to do? All right. And then to talk with, let's say, a person's doctor, if it's uh, a child, or to talk to the person themselves to say, how can we best handle this? And medical centers now have psychologists and counselors to help families in this situation. And they are much better versed in these issues than even what I am saying, because it is a pluralistic world and nobody is saying that you need to give up your faith or to give up your belief in science, but we all are saying that let's work through this together to find a way forward, even though it is difficult, because it is difficult, Hurricane. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can just imagine it is, it, it's it's hard. I mean, again, the debate is just beginning and uh, it's going to continue and people are always going to have a chance. People always look at someone different <laughs> in, in a very difficult way, right? It's always... Uh, and and people are brutal. Unfortunately, there's there's a lot of bullying out there, and it doesn't. It's not an age thing. It's everybody. I mean, it can be a bully, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it is a tough thing. So, and people are not so much understanding because they see it from their end, from their perspective, and what they know. And so, yeah. whatever is different, we we are afraid of different. We are afraid of the unknown, and that's that's yeah. usually uh, a reaction to those things. Yeah. So, 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 so I, I'm just going to butt in there, uh, Hurricane, because please. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, because what we're talking about is is life threatening. We all need to be accepted as part of humanity. Okay. Yes. Uh, and so that's why the stakes are really high here. But an amazing thing that I have seen in my community, because Sydney has so many different faiths all together, all right, over the last 30 years in particular, is an opening up of faiths to look at these issues, to be supportive. Because any faith that I have seen sees the divine or its concept of the divine as loving and helpful. So, in other words, God however that is put forward as a concept, is bigger than this. It is when we start to make uh, rules that we can't get out of ourselves, okay? And, and that's, that's where it takes a lot more understanding. But if we see it as a process rather than a right and wrong, and we will work through this with all the issues, we can move forward in this. I have seen it. So, so one thing, doctor, I wanted to ask is that are there, based on your research and your, I mean, your expertise, are there any specific trends in maybe a particular group, uh, ethnicity, uh, religion, country? I mean, is that something that is, for example, more in in the Western, you know, world, uh, an advanced world, you know, country versus a third, you know, world country? Is there anything in 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 the studies or at least the the research and 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 the knowledge that we have now that that determines these kind of factors or where people have more of this, I want to identify this versus, like, would you see that in more conservative societies? Okay, so are, are you talking about transgender um, identification? Yes, sir. 
Okay, uh, well, there's actually uh, much more opportunity for that in uh, more developed countries because uh, it is very difficult to identify in that in a lot of countries where, as you say, uh, some of the uh, religious norms are much more constrictive. And see, in a way, this is, this is why I quoted the World Health Organization, uh, because what, what they look to do is to get this whole world working together while still being able to respect each person's difference. And uh, you, you talked about how we're all making adjustments. And I think that's what's happening, that very slowly across the whole world, all these different cultures, all these different religions, all these different ways of doing society are making little adjustments. And as you say, we hope that these adjustments are for the good. And from my point of view as a psychiatrist, they are because we now live in societies where we do need to adjust to be with everybody else so that there is room for absolutely everybody. And to be able to do that without hiding what you actually feel, because that's, that's the other thing, you know, and that's very difficult. Because, you know, in a family, you're able to say things a lot more open than you are, let's say, at school or a university or a public place. And that's always going to be that way because our sense of identity is strongest in our families because that's where we can be who we actually are. Thank, thank you, Doc. So, so a couple more. We're, we're a few minutes. We still have a few minutes. One, one of the things that I think we've, we've kind of alluded to in the last show was now that we have a lot more discussion about this topic, yes. uh, the, one, the one attached discussion is public access for example bathrooms toilets in, in in the public there's a big debate about that you know who goes where and how uh you know so what is there any uh are you seeing based on studies or articles or anything or research that there is any challenge right now with that in terms of just the general you know uh i guess opinion because i mean a lot of people may be not you know very comfortable to see somebody else that may have, you know, a different, you know. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so this, this is very challenging because it is a challenge to uh, something that's the core of our identity, how we identify in our gender and how we identify in our sexual expression goes to the core of who we are. In fact, so much so that 50 years ago, it was taken for granted what those expressions were for everybody. And you see, because our society has become much more pluralistic, we cannot take those things for granted. So to answer your point, Hurricane, when it comes down to what kind of toilets uh, are there, uh, I, I have to say that's not my area of expertise because that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a public health measure. But the, the principles are still the same. We're being asked to adjust to make room for more variance in society. And that's, that's going to take uh, a little bit of a challenge, but we can get through that together in the best way. And it takes time and it takes dialogue and it takes understanding and even acceptance of things that we don't know. So keyword acceptance and at least understanding, you know, uh, what that means. And, and I guess that will be a lot more easier for people to accept those, those challenges. Cause I, again, I didn't mean that it was for you to answer that, but really no, just, right. I was more referring to, the just the reaction of people and how that yes. will make them feel. I mean, if I don't subscribe, let's say, to that, that opinion, yes. and now I am being subjected to it myself, or That's like right. you know, I'm being forced to actually accept right. it, that That's has right. an impact on me. So how That's do I right. deal with it? 
That's so, right. Okay. So, so, so that, that is very difficult. That is very difficult. Okay. Because we are now in a society where certain ideals and even certain language are being forced on us. Right. And generally speaking, when you force people to do things, the outcome is not always good. So what's behind all of this was the idea of liberation, that people who were previously oppressed need a bit of space, right? Uh, so what I would say to that is it takes time and being genuine. So if there are people in your life that are different to you, you can actually build a friendship link to understand that particular person. Then all of a sudden it becomes easier. And the, the bizarre thing about this hurricane is we actually have science dating back more than 40 years to say, and this is called the science of the mere exposure effect, that if you are exposed to people who are different to you, that you will begin to accept them. It is natural for us all to grow friendly towards each other. And because I work in mental health, where people have been stigmatized for having schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or whatever it happens to be, I know that being around people who are different and they know being around people who are different, that we all actually become more accepting. So rather than forcing it, I would actually encourage people just to let it take time and get to know other people because our tendency, believe it or not, according to the science, is to like each other. That's beautiful. <laughs> and we want that. We want that. We want people yeah. to love each other and like to. But 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 you you mentioned something very important because we do know this. I mean, just by default, you know, any metropolitan area, uh, it's multi, you know, ethnic. You, you, people get to have tolerance and more acceptance as opposed yeah. to areas where there is one, you know, particular group, you know, as as a majority. So it kind of makes a difference. You can see that even in in just larger city versus small city. You know, when yeah. you have a little bit of a, a, a melting pot versus another place. Yeah. Uh, and, and and to your point, I mean, obviously that is that, it, and you're right. Over time, I mean, now it's there was a time uh, homosexuality was very taboo, and you can even you know mention it and see it, and and then now, I mean, shows, TV, everything is becoming very just you know it's coming. Yes, so people right. are more more accepting the concept today that they were 20 years, 30 years ago. So a lot of that stuff is changing. So assuming that's the trend over decades from now, I mean, this becomes yes. you know not even non-issue. Uh, so, but, but you mentioned something powerful earlier about a couple of times about life-threatening. Uh, now, now, if someone feels unsafe, uh, whether they're you know the ones who actually are identifying you know one way or the other, or someone uh, that is not or maybe against the idea. So, how you know what can they? Is there a support system? Are there any you know things that they can do to just kind of support themselves? Okay, so so firstly, I'm hoping that every city in every country has its helpline. Uh, in Australia, we have a helpline uh, called Lifeline where anybody can ring up and they will find a way to keep you safe and point you in the right direction to get help. And wherever you are in the world, please know what your helpline is because it does come down to matters of life and death. And so the more understanding somebody has and the more that they can uh, be with people who not only understand but are able to treat and work on a certain pathway, and this is where mental health does come in. This is where psychiatry does have a role. We are here not only to keep people safe, but actually to keep people content in the long run. That's actually our aim. Uh, what they could do for themselves is talk to somebody, uh, talk to a friend or talk on the telephone or talk to a professional. 
but get that help. Keeping things to yourself is not the best idea. Moving forward by talking to people is the way forward. Because everybody's part of it, Hurricane. We are all part of the human race. Yes, sir, and, and, and thank you for that. Uh, you know, the hour is gone. And as always, you delivered an excellent, you know, uh, uh, excellent insights and information that got us closer to some of the questions. I mean, obviously, uh, we can't summarize all the <laughs> and, and and all the issues here and, and respond to everything in one hour. But but certainly, yeah. this is closer. I know you mentioned love earlier, so I know we have gonna ha- we're gonna have your new book coming up in the end of the year, and we're gonna talk about that, and we're gonna have a That's whole session about love. So so that's important. Um, so, um, any last words uh, before we close today's uh, show? Okay, I, j- just a few last words: uh, love, identity, respect, and trust. Uh, when we don't understand things, and I'm a medical pr- practitioner, and uh, this is not my area of expertise, I have to trust the experts in that area. And fortunately, Hurricane, mostly they get it right, and they're trying to get it right all the time. And I know that there's a bit of um, argy-bargy there as to how we actually get there, but the aim is to get it right for all of people to feel part of our society. So we'll keep working on that. Well, this has been quite a roller coaster, but I hope it's made some of the issues a little clearer for you. And hey, please remember to reach out and get help if you're struggling. As always, if you like these podcasts, please subscribe, spread the word, and recommend them to others. Looking forward to your company next time, and hey... Take care as you negotiate this complex but wonderful world that we live in.